This is a That's a Good Question podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Landers. Got any good questions? Make sure you hit us up on Twitter at That's a Good QPC. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe so you can let your voice be heard. This episode is brought to you by Legends and Bandits. If you're trying to go get what you want and leave your mark, then come capitalize with the best at legendsandbandits.com, where you'll find the right fit with the right price. Check out legendsandbandits.com for the hottest gear and more. And always remember, it's all for respect. Welcome up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of That's a Good Question. And today I'm super excited to have my very next guest, a longtime friend, a longtime sis, South Carolina Hoops legend, Elena Coates. Welcome to the show. Hey. How are you doing today? Uh, I have a little bit of Wi-Fi troubles, but aside from that, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. We all know that everything is, you know, electronic and virtual now in this this whole deal that we're dealing with so we're just doing the best we can no nah, most of it yeah well how are things going i know that you are currently in israel right now overseas playing so how are things going over there and you know it's hopefully you guys are doing well um i mean things i mean things could be a little better um we are actually currently on a two-week lockdown because the numbers were really bad getting really bad over here so we don't have games for two weeks which I guess in a sense is okay you know gives the time like gives the body time to rest and everything but in the same breath you know COVID's getting bad and you know we want to be able to keep playing and finish the season so we'll just see how it goes but in the meantime we just you know trying to remain safe yeah that's the only thing you can do I know we are kind of facing the same issues over here we um have been out of practice even for almost a month now and mm. it's 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 we once before our shutdown started you know we started to hit our stride and you know we we started clicking you know our guys were in tune and bought in and you know it was just tough to kind of put all that on hold for almost a month and you know we're just hoping when we get back in the next couple of weeks that you know we can kind of pick up where we left off but you know it's just it's just a lot going on so you know I tell people, you know, during this time, you know, whatever is basketball, if you're in season or anything that you're doing, this year is not really about wins or losses. It's just about being able to play and not knowing when you can play. So Yeah, all that not be knowing when you're going to be able to play, if stuff's going to, you know, remain normal and everything, it sucks. Because, yeah. like, it already sucks that, like, we can't play in front of fans, we can't have – family come out here and visit us we can't you know partake in the culture and stuff out here because Israel is actually like very Americanized and unfortunately like since I've been here I haven't really been able to partake in you know like going to the attractions and stuff right. because everything's been shut down because COVID is just you know taking over right now so I, I really can't wait for this to at least get somewhat better in some sense Right. And, you know, talk to me a little bit, you know, as a player, you know, we both haven't played the game. You obviously at a more much higher level, um, you know, being in an arena, a packed arena with fans and, you know, the typical day, game day experience, you know, how much 
how much does that change and how much has have you found that you really have to be you have to bring your own energy each and every night in an empty arena talk about that for a little bit oh my gosh it's it's so different because like I just kind of equate it back to you know playing in CLA you know we always even though it was thousands of fans we always considered them like our six man on the court you know what I'm saying it's just it's so different to go from having your friends and family and, and people who look up to you and all the, everybody out there, your supporters, you know, cheering for you, cheering for your team and everything. And then in the blink of an eye, that's gone. And all you have to rely on is, you know, the small amount of people who potentially can be in the gym and your teammates is wild. It's really crazy. I, I, it's something that I'm still, I mean, I'm used to it, but I'm not used to it, you know, right. like I had the, even the first game, like, cause I know it, I was in, I was in Turkey when things got really, really bad last year before we all came home mm-hmm. and it just blew me when we had to play that first game and we didn't have any fans. And I was just like, this is not fun. I don't <laughs> like it. Like it, it literally was like, a very well-organized game of pickup that counted. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know, it's just not as fun without fans because, you know, you might have the the one belligerent one who's out there talking smack to the other team and whatnot. And I find it even funnier when I'm overseas because sometimes they're yelling stuff in their native tongue and I don't even know what they're saying. But I just, I definitely miss the good old days when we could have packed arenas and we you know, didn't have to worry about limiting limiting the amount of people who could be in the arena and all that stuff. So I'm I can't wait for better days. <laughs> I know, and I, I I do believe that you know the end is near. Um, because I I completely understand where you're coming from. Even you know down here in our games, you know the protocol that we have to follow is so strict and, and all for good reason. But it, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, you 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 can literally do everything by the book, you know, you know, social distancing, wearing your mask, wash your hands, doing all the things you need to do and still, you know what I mean? And it's just right. it's that close. So, you know, I've, and I've told and I've told our guys, like, listen, you know, outside of just having the opportunity to play, like, just don't take this for granted because, you know, we're fortunate enough and you're fortunate enough to still be able to touch the practice floor, you know, still do what you can. And there's, you know, there's schools out there all across um, all across the world who aren't able to even see their uh, teammates or even go to class and you know they're strictly just doing things virtually and that's it and that's their that's their daily routine and that's not easy you know especially for an athlete right and it's like I'm super and I'm super thankful that like I mean I hope you know we can get these numbers under control so that we can finish the season now but like I'm thankful because this is my job right you know I don't at this given point in time in my life is literally the league and playing overseas like I haven't I mean, like, I'm now starting to, you know, just given how, you know, the world has been lately, you know, it's always a good thing to venture into other things. And I'm finally starting to do that. But right now, like, my main source of income is basketball. So I'm just, like, I'm just thankful that I still have this opportunity to still have my job. But, you know, it's it just sucks for, like, you know, all these other people who are getting furloughed and laid off and all this other stuff. And right. I just count my yeah. blessings. There you go. And that's, there you go. You said it, you said it best. And that's really, you know, if anything that 2020 taught us was don't take 
any moment for granted not not just you know what was what we were dealing with and we'll get into that just in here in a bit Mm -hmm. but just with people because you know you just never know and i unfortunately i lost two um um close relatives during during this pandemic and you know that kind of going through that you know it helped me understand that this is something that we can't take for granted like you know take can't take lightly because it is something that we can't see and you can only do so much and if anything just help me be more appreciative of the opportunities i have and it's just little as being able to go to the store go out and even get something get food to go and you know just stuff that we normally like we're not normally used to mm-hmm. but still like we still have the means and opportunity to do so but you're absolutely right you know you got to count your blessings and just understand that if you still have an opportunity to do what you love and have a job and do what you want then you're in, you're in a good spot you're in a good spot exactly. but um so kind of kind of moving forward to, um i i was on the record uh previously um talking about how much I believe like the WNBA and the NBA has done it right, you know, has kind of been the world leader in using using their platform to bring awareness to social injustice and um, all the issues that have faced on in society. So I know you guys spent a little bit of uh, time down at ING Academy and, um, you know, trying to finish games out there. So what was that like? You know, we talk about a whole new experience, but being in the bubble, you know, talk about that and like how how did that kind of, you know, help you realize things a little bit better as a player? I, in terms of like being able to spread our message and be more well informed about things, I'm so appreciative of the fact that I had the chance to be picked up by somebody and play in the bubble because there were so many zoom call meetings that we could hop on to with like I know there was one um with uh Stacey Abrams and she was she was telling us about all these different the queen the queen hello the queen. <laughs> we were able to get on a zoom call with her there was um there were situations where we were able to there was one situation we were able to actually be on a zoom call with um Breonna Taylor's mom um mm. There was just, there was just, and then there were a lot of uh, Zoom meetings that we had and everything where it was like very informative. Like I know, again, with Stacey Abrams, um, before a practice of, of mine with the Mystics, we were talking with her and she was telling us about the census and she was telling us about how, she was just basically telling us all these, this, giving us all this information that I never would have known like ever because I was one of those people you know back in 2016 and I was just like eh I mean if the person I vote for loses then I feel like my vote doesn't matter and I was one of the people who kind of was just going moving out of ignorance because I didn't really understand what was going on and I felt like it wasn't affecting me in any way shape or form and so I was just really appreciative of the fact that we had these different opportunities to be able to like learn more information, especially for people like me who didn't know a lick of nothing. <laughs> and um, in terms of like being able to like get our messages out and across, I felt like that was actually something that I was incredibly like happy about when I got the call from Coach Tebow about um, being able to play with the Mystics because I was, um, 
you know, I was just kind of at home. I didn't really have any plans besides like working out and all that stuff because me and Atlanta were done. And I just kept seeing all this stuff about the social injustices that were going on. And I was just like, you know, I want to be able to reach more people about this stuff. Like, I want to be able to, like, I feel like I have good following on my social media. Like, I'm not saying I got like hundreds of thousands of people that I can, you know, reach. But at the end of the day, there's still people who I can reach. And it's a good amount that I feel. Right. And I felt like I want to be able to use a larger platform. And I just always think about, think back to that night with the whole Jacob Blake situation. And we had a national TV game and we were able to use that time that certain people were saying wouldn't get, we were able to use that time and put the message out there that a lot of people we're saying we wouldn't even get airtime. Like we were on national TV. We were on the freaking shade room. Like, and in that moment, I was, it was less about the, like, well, it was less about, I just had, I basically just had a sense of pride that I was able to be a part of a team that stood unified in our decision and stood unified in what was going on with mm-hmm. what was going on in the world like even that 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 morning when we had shoot around like coach Tebow he was just like you know I just I just don't feel right about this stuff and we he basically was saying like what do y'all want to do and we collectively were like we want to do this and I felt a great sense of pride that we were able to one shut down the naysayers that were saying that our message wasn't important and that it wasn't going to get out there and two that we were able to back each other as a league and say what we needed to say. And for me, I was just really happy that I was able to be a part of it because like I was saying, I wanted to be able to speak on a bigger platform than what I already have. And of course, playing for the Mystics gave me a bigger platform because, you know, I'm playing on another WNBA team. And then, you know, we had a national TV game. Like for us to be able to sit there and get our message across and for the way that Ariel Atkins was able to come on TV and speak her mind and relay the message and how as a WNBA, we were able to come together, lock arms and be a unified front. I just, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, I look for more opportunities to do that stuff because like, as you know, I don't like being quiet about this stuff. And I don't care if, if 500 people or five people see my stuff. I'm still going to say what I need to say because everybody has the right to their opinion. And I'm just going to continue to speak out on this stuff that's just not right. Because exactly. the way the world is right now, like, people, people are really showing their true colors. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, that's why I wanted to have this conversation, because, you know, I I really appreciate and and love your passion, you know, addressing these issues, because I'm right there with you, you know, and that's why I keep saying, like, the way that the WNBA and the NBA, you know, and for the 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 coaches, the GMs and the owners and um, everybody in the front office, you know, that's that's special when you can give your players ownership and how to address these issues. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what it takes. And it's as little as that. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I applaud you guys for um, for locking arms and addressing these issues and, you know, just doing it right. Because, you know, again, a lot of people are showing their true colors, but it's unfortunate that, you know, some people are still to pay attention of what's going on because it's nothing it's nothing political, in my opinion. It's it's mainly about treating others and, you know, it's, just, it's a common cliche, you know, treating others and love thy neighbor. I mean, it's just it's mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, I, I like, again, I applaud you for that. And, you know, we mentioned because we were in Atlanta at the same time. You know, you spent some time with the dream. I was um, in Atlanta for just a short period of time. But during that time, you saw the protests that were taking place, you know, all across these major cities. And Atlanta was one of them. And um, having to been a part of that was something I'll never forget in terms of how many people, you know, came out just to show their support and peacefully protest, you know, let's put an emphasis on that because, you know, a lot of people today, (laughs) a lot of people today are trying to make excuses between the two and there's no, there's no distinction. It's, it's, I mean, there is a distinction. There's what, what we saw, what we were doing again, peacefully, Exactly. As opposed, as opposed to you know what took place um, this past Wednesday, we'll get into that. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I was so amazed at the turnout. You know, we spent time in uh, Centennial Park, Piedmont Park, and Georgia State University, and the diversity. And we all know Atlanta is a very young and diverse city, mm-hmm. but that was put on full display. You know, and it kind of, and it felt good to kind of add to what you know, players around the league were doing because they took notice. I mean, you had a lot of players, you know, both in the NBA and WNBA show the support for, you know, um, in protest, peacefully protesting, you know, from what, you know, their hometowns or, you know, doing uh, with these voting registrations, you know, partnering with Stacey Abrams and, you know, LeBron James more than the vote, things like that. And mm-hmm. that was something that I was so, so appreciative because, you know, for the first time, I really, you know, and I followed you. I really started to pay attention because it all started, and the the whole world witnessed um, what happened in Kenosha, and just just to see, you know, not just the unfortunate incident, but how quickly it spread, you know, not just athletes, but you know, small businesses, major corporations, and um, big tech companies, and whatever, whatever. We're starting to take notice and really starting to implement change because that was one of the most gruesome and 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 horrific things I've ever seen put on full display. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and we all know that there's people that are on the other side, and you know, that's they're entitled to their opinion. But we both knew that yo, we can't sit here and just say you know, oh, condolences to the family. Um, it's unfortunate. Blah 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 blah. Like, no, we realize that we have the power and the platform to bring, not just to bring awareness, but to also change things, you know what I'm saying? And like, that was something that I really wanted to be a part of because, you know, just like, just like every other, you know, person, now I'm not going to say just black people, but for mm-hmm. those that realize that this is an issue, we were outraged and it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really, at least for me, but it wasn't just about being sad. We were mad oh, yeah. because we, it wasn't about, you know, what not it was not just about what happened it was that like people just really kind of swept it under the rug and saying oh it's just another incident no no Mm-mm. we saw a man lose his life on national tv and you're gonna sit here and tell me 
okay, well, we can just add him to the list. No, this is not how it works. We're done. We're done. And we need this to end now. Exactly. And, you know, and I'm so glad that you were able to have this conversation. I wish I could have been on those calls with uh, the queen, Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. and um, Breonna Taylor's mother, because I, I'm sure that you guys felt, you know, just, you know, her passion and her willingness to, you know, get people registered to vote, you know, how we can, you know, just, you know, get to, a more equitable and equality society, but, you know, we're, we're doing all that we can. And, you know, again, I applaud you so much for, you know, standing up and I encourage people to follow Elena on Twitter because I try to every single time she posts, no matter if it's like the first three minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, I always try to reinforce her message because it's true. There needs to be actual justice for Rihanna Taylor's murder. Mm-hmm. There needs to be actual justice for those cops that shot Jacob Blake right in front of his kids seven times. And I saw. Like, are you kidding me? And I saw that um, they actually weren't gonna press any charges. There was, uh, there was, there was two, there was two situations. Uh, I think it was Ahmad, Ahmad, and I know with Jacob Blake, they were saying that they weren't gonna press charges against the cops, which I think is complete BS. And then in Ahmad's case, the um, the people who killed him, they're trying to be seen as like victims. I'm just like, you, you, how are you a victim when you bother somebody who was jogging, minding his business, and you just gun him down, you just kill him? Like, in what like world? Animal. Like an animal. And like, in what world? Oh, I can't wait until we get into the capital stuff because the word animal, it just, it just made me think about so many things. <laughs> but it's just like, y'all literally took this man's life like it was nothing. And you expect sympathy. Like, and, and that's why I was just like, that's why I just can't understand why people are like FBLM and, and all, this, all this stuff towards the Black Lives Matter movement because at the end of the day, we out here getting shot down like dogs. We getting killed. We getting hanged and stuff. And nine times out of 10, it's these white people. And y'all want to just look at it as, oh, well, they weren't in their right mind or, oh, they try and find some little thing to make the black person look criminal. Like when they talk about George Floyd and they say how talking about the counterfeit money, a counterfeit money, whether the money was counterfeit or not, that doesn't give you any right to treat that man the way you did. He sat there telling y'all he couldn't breathe. And that man didn't get his knee off his neck. And when I saw a video, when I saw that video of those two white people at the Capitol recreating that scene and doing it with pride, like it was okay. I was just like, so you do stuff like this, right? And then you want to turn around and call it patriotism. No, you're being racist. You're being ignorant. Like, I don't care. In no way, shape or form. And if you, when you get in trouble for this stuff, y'all want to be, oh, I'm a victim. Oh, I was sending a message out for my country. No. You got people like me who are like, I don't even want to claim the United States of America because of how it is. And it's unfortunate. And Draymond Green was on the record saying that, you know, this is, you know, who we've been, who we've always been. And, you know, how we pretty much more than likely are going to stay, which I don't necessarily agree with. But he has a point because, I mean, we're still here. You know, you you talk to you talk to your relatives, your older relatives, Mm -hmm. your parents, your aunt, uncles and whoever. And I'll say and I'll say this and I'll, I'll put this on the record again. My father and I 
rarely watch the same, unless it's a basketball game or any type of major sporting event or anything. Like, we don't sit there and watch the same channel. You know, he's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing. Mm-hmm. We were sitting in front of that TV the entire day. Not just not just during George Floyd, not just during the insurrection, but during all of this. Like this whole, the, the last six months of 2020, we were paying attention mm-hmm. because we realized that A, we were watching history and B, we're trying to figure out ways that we can implement change. And I want, I want people to understand this. Think about what Black people have been subjected to slavery, segregation, you know, just disenfranchised and everything that you can think of. And we never did anything like that. Mm -mm. We got more sense than that. I mean, I'm just saying like, that's not saying that's not here. And I'm not, and here's the thing. And and now now I'm getting, you know, here's the the passion starts to come Mm -hmm. out. I want people to realize that when we have these discussions, I don't want to, cause any type of division or I'm not I don't want to have to go at people who are on the other side and try to convince them that this is wrong and they're trying to convince me that I'm wrong that's that's not what we're trying to do here we're just simply pointing out the facts of what we've seen and what has transpired exactly and people need to understand that it's not about money it's not about politics it's not about black versus white it's how we can all come together unite because Again, it's not about you getting yours and you and like I understand people want to be just left alone and do their own thing. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they also gotta realize and recognize that this world does not work without people. So you gotta in some way, shape, or form learn to appreciate and genuinely get to know somebody. It doesn't have to be like on the deepest level, but you know, I'm I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'm my point is is that that's how mm-hmm. we can how we can turn the page and not see and for our kids and for the next generation to not have to live in what we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, that's just, that's my whole, like that's, that's just the reason why I do this is because we, if anything, want, you know, no matter if it's white, black, any type of minorities or whatever it is, that we're standing with you, not ahead of you, not on top of you. We're standing right next to exactly. you. Exactly. And you know, and I believe, you know, that we have the power, and it's it, and it's up to us to keep pushing that envelope and keep pushing that message, which you which you guys are doing and doing it so well, so well. So I'll probably say thank you a million <laughs> times during this conversation. But um, I'm telling you again, I appreciate it. And you know, a lot of, and we can kind of move into what we saw Wednesday. So let me ask you, you know, what was your reaction and, you know, what were you doing and how did you first get word of what was taking place in Washington, D.C.? Man, listen, I, I feel like, let me see, I was, it was probably like later on in the, it was probably like nighttime over here because I'm seven hours ahead. Mm -hmm. And initially I was on, Twitter and I just kept seeing people talking about the capitalist and the capital that and I'm just like well what the heck is going on so you know how TikTok be having everything out there so I go on TikTok and all I keep seeing is these videos of these rioters and all this stuff like and then I go back to Twitter and then they have like everything they've got the pictures of the dude sitting in Pelosi's desk the dude with the the fur and whatever that was and all that stuff and I was just like what what are we doing this for because I really was confused because if I'm being honest with you when I was on TikTok 
um, days prior, I kept seeing like this video circulate of like these these white teens and then these two black boys who I'm gonna say have clearly lost their mind. And the caption thing was like conservatives or liberals, whatever they be calling us, um, on January 6th when we pull up and then it was, and I was just like, what does that mean? Cause they were using that little thing and it was just like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And I was just like, this just sounds like something stupid. I had no idea what was supposed to be going on on the 6th. So I wasn't really paying it in my mind. But in my mind, when I saw it, I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. I was just like, the racists are doing their thing today. The racists are out. Because I just feel like they were all sitting there with their Trump flags and screaming patriotism and recreating George Floyd's death and sitting here, um, sitting here threatening people. Like, I don't know how many videos I've seen of people threatening Kamala Harris's life, like, and Biden talking about something, we gonna pull up and they ain't gonna be alive no more and all this stuff. And I'm just like, who are you? Again, just with the whole Black Lives Matter situation, like who are you to just be out here talking about you gonna take somebody's life or somebody gonna take somebody's life? And the thing that really, I'm and sorry if I like go on a tangent or a rant or whatever, because some of this stuff really just be pissing me off. Like, again, referring to TikTok, the woman who died that's like well known right now the one who got shot in her neck or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's the god in me that scrolls past the video when people make jokes about it but at the end of the day i'm just like y'all are sitting here talking about some y'all not riding for her y'all not doing this y'all not doing that she was considered a terrorist the minute she tried to break into the capitol building why am i going to sit it, why am i going to sit here and weep for a terrorist? Why am I gonna sit here and weep for somebody who's a racist? Why am I gonna sit here and weep for somebody who can't get it through their thick skull because of their cult leader saying that the election was stolen? I don't understand how people have no common sense to be like, you know what? Something about this ain't right. And I'm not talking about <laughs> Biden winning. Like there were literally actual facts and stuff that were thrown out there. And everything that was a lie got denounced. Like Twitter was on it whenever Trump was saying X, Y, and Z about the election and fraud and all this stuff. They would hit it with the the little fact thing or whatever and say like stuff was fraud. This has been fact checked and it's not true. So I'm just like, do y'all really think the entire world or everybody who is opposed to Trump and his nonsense is really gonna take the time out of their day to follow up with his, with his foolish agenda of everybody's out to get me and all of this is false news and da 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 da. People don't have time for that. Right. And my thing is, if people you, with sense, people with sense don't have time for that. And people who value the time that they have on this earth don't have time for that. I feel bad for everybody who had to sit there and wait for him to tweet something or say whatever. And sit there and be like, oh, now we got to sit here and put this thing right here and put the actual factuals right here. I feel bad for those people because they lost the time out of their day, out of their lives to sit here and mess around and fix that stuff. And he's just out here blatantly lying. And it's just like, I don't care what anybody says. He started a cult. 
a whole cult and nothing but the cult. And I don't care what anybody else says. He insinuated that riot. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I 100% agree with that statement because and I'm not here to I'm here to quote. I'm not here to quote Stephen A. Um, but he took the words right out of my mouth. And just like what you just said, mm-hmm. he sent them over there. Hello. There was no there was no you know what? I think, you know what? Is he saying this? No, he said and I quote that we have to be strong. You know, no weak American, no weak patriot is going to put up with this. There's no, there's no, um, we're not going to concede when there's uh, theft involved. And, you know, to his base and to your point, his base and his cult, they decided to use that and, and, and just, oh, it was, it was unbelievable. And let's be clear about something. And I'm, and I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying mm-hmm. this for those that don't understand this. We heard it all week long. Okay. If those were black people or any mm. minorities out there, Mm-mm-mm. I don't think I don't. Let, let's just let's just think how far you think we would have gotten before we would either tased, pepper sprayed, tear gas, or shot or arrested. And that's five things that didn't even take place on Wednesday. At you all. don't understand. Let me let me for those people that don't understand this, you are not supposed to do that. Okay, <laughs> you are not. You are not supposed to even knock on the door, let alone break windows, uh, hurt police officers, which, you know, we we, we all saw the police officers, you know, that decided to, you know, just let it slide and and, and not not let them happening. And that that's that's a whole nother story with itself. But let's be very, very clear. If that were a Black Lives Matter protest, a peaceful protest at that or anything else. We all know what's going to happen because at the end of the, you know, I heard that question all week long. Well, what if it was a Black Lives Matter protest? What if it was black people? What if I know? Listen, first of all, you already know the answer to that question Mm -hmm. because we would haven't we plus we wouldn't even consider doing stuff like that. I mean, you go back in history and of all the protests and in terms of civil rights, social injustice and equality, they have all been peaceful. Okay, peaceful and we and it's not just black people it's those that have sense and can realize and recognize that that's an issue but what took place on wednesday no black lives matter any type of extremists we don't we, like, we just we just don't do that because we realize a what would happen and b that's not the solution and c the whole world saw what privilege is like in america Oh yeah, well, white privilege is like in America, and that's mm-hmm. and it, it. It was put on full display, and the reason why we can talk about this is because we know some damn good white people that are very close to us, and mm-hmm. they and they echo that. My very first interview was with my brother Drew Nixon. Mm-hmm. We spoke on this, and he just he, he you know it, it, just what we talked about, and everybody can go listen. It was just it was it was something that he never thinks about. You know what? Let me go see how I can use the. He doesn't. He doesn't want to kind of. I'm trying to figure out how to put this. He never thinks about. Okay, I have some type of leverage or some type of advantage over. He doesn't think that way, Mm -hmm. you know. And and it's and it's people that we know who are white who don't like to. You know, they're saying, "Hey, I'm on the same playing field as you." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to 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 apply this to a sports analogy because we're both we we both love this game. We play this game so much, and we this game has been around us for our lot our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, you know, not as coaches, players, whatever, 
in sports in general, when you lose, you're not supposed to make excuses. I mean, yeah, you can blame officials. You can be in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. You can blame officials. You can, you can, you know, make your case, whatever. But when it's all said and done, you get back up and you go at it again. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the issue. And, that's, and to me, that's like the scary part is because I have people, and I'm not going to name any names, but I've had people who have really tried to legit, legitimize that this election was rigged. And I said, listen, man, it's not about that. It's like, it's just, it just amazes me how people who are so susceptible to low quality information and really believe that, you know what, there was a, there was fraud. It was a fraudulent, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm going to put it like this. If, 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 if it was flipped and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris lost this election, as much as that would have stung and it would cause a great deal of confusion and quite honestly, sadness, mm-hmm. I believe in our democracy. I believe in the right to vote. And if, if Donald Trump were to win this election, I would have been like, you know what? People spoke up. People voted. It is what it is. Because mm-hmm. as a true American and a true patriot, which, you know, I'm, I'm not the most boastful about that. But at the end of the day, when you live in the United States of America, you're supposed to believe in your democracy and you're supposed to accept everybody for who they are, not make excuses and mm-hmm. let alone not to incite and not be. Oh, man. Like that was insurrection at its finest. That was at a terrorist attack. Finest. It was uh, absolutely. I 100 percent agree. And it's, it, it was it was just one of the scariest things, because I'm telling you, I have people, you know, from our time in school call me that I haven't that I don't. It was uh, friends, whoever I was involved with that I haven't spoken to a long time. Call me and say, man, listen, you better. I just want to make sure that you're good. You know, just checking in. I'm just like, you know, if, if it gets to that type of magnitude, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just unbelievable. But, you know, that's just that's just how I felt about it. And, you know, I really hope moving forward that you know people can see and really even if you're on the other side people can see that this is what we have always been and that's great come on man right like i don't understand how people can say like and i don't even know how people say that and then it's like i saw something actually someone had actually uh tweeted back to coach daly and they were like, well, stop bringing it up. Stop bringing racism up and it'll go away. I was like, no, dude, like that is forever in our history. That's never, mm-hmm. you, that's never going to go away. We're always going to teach our children this. No, even if it's not going to happen again or ever happen again or what's happening right now, it happened. And it's also a part of our history. You don't see us sitting here because obviously Christopher Columbus did not discover America. You don't see us talking about something. He didn't do it. So just stop talking about it. And it's not true. We're not sitting here trying to erase stuff from your history books. So stop trying to do that with us. And it's like, I just feel like it's those type of, it's those type of comments that come from people. And I'm just like, I just honestly, I'm going to just say how I believe it. I really just feel like you are racist. If you say stuff like that, like stop talking about racism, everything's not about race or the people who say the N word, for example, like, cause I have been seeing so many more people getting called out for using the N word. And the sad part about it for me is they're babies. And when I say they're babies, I mean like 
they're literally like 12 plus year olds. Like they're teenagers, they're preteens. <laughs> and it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, well, that cycle of racism is never going to stop unless they have a child that comes through and is just like, uh, no, this isn't cool. Why are y'all trying to teach me this way? Because that's always going to be a part of our, like that whole negative notion behind it is always going to be a part of our history. And I know people made jokes about it and all this stuff, but I'm just like, you can't sit here, especially for non-African-American people. Well, actually, no, I'm, well, let me just say African-American because I can't even go into all this stuff. Basically, for people who look like us, people who are like us, not saying that word, even for other minority groups, like, I understand, like, if we say it amongst each other, it's got a whole nother meaning to it. But it's like, just don't say it. Not saying like black people don't say it or, you know, I mean, obviously there's never gonna, I feel like there's never gonna be a day where nobody says it, but it's just like, I feel like the people who use it in that notion, they know the history behind it. They know it's an insult. You don't see some random little white girl out here saying it and then not too long after that, there's not an apology up somewhere because at the end of the day, y'all know it's wrong. And y'all want to sit here and play the victim role and all this stuff. And I'm just like, enough is enough. And I know this technically doesn't even have anything to do with the capital, but in terms, you know, the, the little situation with the, um, the 22 year old who tackled the teenager, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here looking at her having these interviews with people and she's sitting here being snarky and short and talking about some enough. Like, can we talk about something else? Like, girl, you racially profiled this teenage boy and you wanted to sit here talking about something and dragged you and did this, that, and the fourth. I would do the exact same if you lay hands on my child. Bump the racial profiling. You're accusing him of something he didn't do. And for you to physically go and put your hands on a child, like, who are you? And that's, and, that's, and you know, those are the type, and I don't mean to cut you off, but those are the type of people that, cannot that aren't comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly and that's unfortunate that's unfortunate but go no i'm sorry keep going Please. oh no you're good because i was i look he was just going on a rant and stuff because i was also just about to go back to whole the whole like thing with the capital like they're screaming oh this is patriotism oh we need to, to still stop the steal or whatever there was nooses out there <laughs> What type of Patriot Act is that? Like, I remember. I don't. I don't know if you know Annalise Bailey. She works for USA Today Sports, and she's a Carolina graduate. Mm-hmm. And she uh, tweeted that photo. I don't know if she was the first, but she was definitely one of the first to bring that to the public eye. Mm-hmm. And I dropped my phone. Just and I and listen. For, Let's put it to you like this. If you have an iPhone, you're not supposed to drop that. Oh, no. Wherever you're at. <laughs> right. And at that moment, I could not believe what I what I clicked on. I mean, seriously, because it showed you that we live in two different Americas. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, because you have people who claim that this is our country and this is what makes our country great. Oh, man. You got this and you have that. And that's 
that's just so unfortunate. It was so unfortunate to see. And and I went on Facebook Live uh, a few days ago and brought this and just kind of help people understand this, that in 2021, there was a man carrying the infamous Confederate flag in the hallways of Capitol Hill okay. in 2021. Okay. And this is where we're at. And listen, if, let's set the record straight. We are not here to kind of where we respect people's opinions, where you have the right to vote. You, you are entitled to your opinion. That is fine. But at the same time, we're simply having this discussion to help people realize that we don't want to live in a divisive America anymore. We don't. We're just out here just gen- presenting the facts. And the fact is that racism still exists in America. And nobody wants to, and we, no, we can address it, but we have to make the necessary steps for that to change. And, and like, keep going back and saying that. So I have you know, have a question. So going back to um, your time in the bubble, mm-hmm. kind of, so when you guys, when you guys were in, um, when you guys were back in your rooms, you know, or team meetings and things like that. So what were some of the things, would you guys like have any type of group discussions kind of, you know, speak your opinion or speak your piece on, you know, how you felt, what was going on in the world, you know, what, so what, what were you guys kind of doing behind the scenes and, you know, whatever you want to share, please, but you guys like have any type of discussions, you know, about, you know, what was going on amongst your teams, like I was off camera. Um, so like in terms of like going back to our rooms and having discussions and stuff, there wasn't really too much of that because if I'm being honest with you, there was a lot of there was really just a lot of like individual like speaking out on things and people, you know, because I would go on like my TikTok and because we would get all these different shirts like for Breonna Taylor and Jacob, like like all these people. Like I would I would use platforms that I you know normally wouldn't use, and I got good feedback from it. And mm-hmm. there wasn't there was kind of less like discussion, but for the most part, whenever we did discuss things and say they were going to come to the light in some way shape or form we wanted to make sure that we were unified about it like for example um when we basically did the media blackout when they were asking us questions about basketball we were just talking about the social injustice because it's just like we we were in there already dealing with the fact that you know you know a lot being in the bubble it was a great situation in terms of from the outside world and you know you're getting tested every day from COVID and whatnot but it was just sad because all this stuff is just happening outside and it's just like I'm grateful to be in here but at the same time it's like my mind is all over the place because of all this crazy stuff that's going out there and it's just like for the most part people kind of just did their own like individuals but like there were a lot of opportunities for like discussions and whatnot when we would have the zoom calls with people and like you know like Rihanna Taylor's um, mother and there were there were uh, there was a good couple of other people who were able to sit down and like speak with us I just can't uh think of it off rip I just know that those two her and Stacey Abrams they just stick out the most for me but um there actually were times like I, I know I know for a fact like it this didn't catch like the TV time obviously, but there you know that day when we 
decided to stand in solidarity with the NBA and boycott the game because of what happened with Jacob Blake, there was a lot of conversation because I think that day um, we were supposed to play Atlanta. LA was going to play. uh, Minnesota was supposed to play. And of course there were two other teams. We were all just sitting there having a conversation and we were able to just like literally just sit there and talk because I'm not going to lie to you. There were people in there who were like, well, if we don't play, they're going to have, there's going to be repercussions and da, 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 da. And I would like to come on here for the record and say that not once, because there was so much confusion within like the league because they thought that we, because we were the first, so technically it all started with us. They thought that we were trying to boycott the rest of the season. That's not what we were trying to do. And a lot of people were like getting emotional and upset and, you know, thinking about their paychecks and all this stuff and da 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 da. And that was never the case. We never said we were going to sit here and boycott the whole rest of the season. We wanted to boycott this game so we could get our message across. And mm-hmm. there were people very high ups in the league. Um, I'm not going to say no names, but she know who she is. And she basically was just like, well, your message isn't going to get across if you don't play. And well, and that's why I was so proud. And I was just, I was, I was going off that night. Like I was going in. Cause I was like, how dare you sit here and say that the message that we want to send across, it ain't going to, it's not going to get to anybody because you said it's not. We made airtime. We made these social outlets. We were training all this stuff. The message that we wanted to convey and get out there, it got out there. It's like middle fingers to you because what you said wasn't going to get done, got done, drop mic. Like that really pissed me off. I was like, don't ever sit yeah. here and try to censor me. Like bump, bump right. it. Like I'm speaking for me at this point. Don't ever try to sit there and censor me. If I got something I want to say, I'm going to say it and it's going to get said and whoever's going to see it is going to see it. But at the end of the day, I had the ability to say it because you're not going to censor me, period. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that that's that that's just the best way to put it. That's just the best way to put it because you guys were in there. You know, they were out there campaigning and, you know, kind of making, and I, I kind of have an idea who you're speaking mm-hmm. about, but, you know, they were out, you know, they weren't in there with you guys. And I'm pretty sure that during that time, you know, not even with uh, players, you know, not even your teammates, but just players with, within the bubble and the whole WNBA, I'm pretty sure you guys got very, very close. And could, just by having those discussions, you know, being on those calls with Stacey Abrams and Breonna Taylor's mother, because, you know, that's that's what it's about. You know, you guys all came together. I remember um, um, when this was, uh, I think when they first initially, I can't, I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but when Breonna Taylor, when that, when, um, the Louisville courts kind of dismissed that case mm-hmm. with the officers. I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, Milwaukee and Orlando getting ready to have game. I think they were ha- that was game one of the mm-hmm. playoffs. And and um, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook all came together because Chris Paul, he's the president of the Players Association, and they all came together. And, and Milwaukee did their um, – and they kind of they, – they addressed uh, how they felt, why they weren't going to play. And I stood up and clapped. I'm not going to lie to you. I stood up and clapped because it, it showed me that a lot of people put it like this. For, for the average sports or basketball fan out there, 
they want like they want Chris Paul, for instance, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook to hate each other because of you know basketball related mm-hmm. issues. But to see them to come together and discuss and like put all that aside and say, listen, this is what we need to do. That's what you're supposed exactly. to do, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? And that that to me is how, it was it was one of the things like again why why I think the WNBA and the NBA does it, does it right and is the world leader in bringing you know these issues to the forefront because it's not just about basketball. We both realize and recognize it's not about basketball. Mm-hmm. It's how we can use this game, players and coaches, to address everything that's going on in this world. And I'm telling you, this has been special. So, you know, we've we've been kind of going back and forth, you know, about, you know, what the problems are. But, you know, we're both problem solvers. So moving forward mm-hmm. in nine days, we'll have a new president and vice president that will be inaugurated. And I know a lot of pressures on them. So, uh, you know, mo- getting past these last four or five years of a probably what I call the the greatest sitcom ever <laughs> recorded. <laughs> right. How <laughs> how can we? You know, how are you kind of remaining optimistic? And you know, what would you like to see moving forward with this new administration? Well, I'm gonna answer that in a second. I want to interrupt you while you was talking, but you said something when you were going off. Uh, a minute ago and you said it's bigger than basketball mm-hmm. I feel like that's basically what drove my emotions the night of the game that we protested because mm-hmm. again the, the person that I'm referring to they were telling us that you know again like if you don't play your message isn't going to get put out there and I'm just like in my head and I'm pretty sure I said it out loud every so often I was like I'm more than just a basketball player. So <laughs> for you to sit here and say, like, if I don't play, the message ain't going to get put out there. It just really pissed me off. And it really just made me see this person in a different light. And I absolutely admired. I understand that, you know, COVID was bad and not everybody, you know, pulled out from playing for social justice reasons, but for the ones who did, I can say that they really like inspired me to, you know, they really make me feel more confident in being able to speak my mind. Like granted, you know, I'm not on the level of BG and DT right now and all that stuff. Like my time's going to come, but regardless, like I am one of the select few who get to play against the best of the best of the United States. And I have just as much right as anybody else to speak freely and speak my mind and not feel timid about it and stuff. Mm. And, you know, just like Natasha Cloud, for example, I know she marched, was on the front lines, like all over the place. Her, Renee Montgomery, like they spoke out so much and I just couldn't help but be in awe. I was just like, I want to be on that level of confidence, like bump the following. I want to be on that level of confidence, like to where I'm not just looking around and seeing if somebody else says something first and I co-sign. Like, I want to be able to just speak my mind and speak how I feel about this stuff to whoever, like coaching staff, commissioner, whoever, the people who got whatever to say. Like, Kudos to them because they made me feel a type of way that made me want to kick my butt in the gear 
mm. and really just go at the issues the way I wanted to. Referring to your question, um, I know it's going to go. I know there's going to be a lot of of backlash. There's going to be a lot of back and forth because people are going to stay mad that their cult leader lost, and I just, you know, I I kind of feel like. Biden and Harris, they have a lot to fix because a lot was a lot was done in the past four years that wasn't the greatest. Um, but I I mean I can't help but just stay optimistic. I can't help but, you know, support our new president and VP. Because mm-hmm. I definitely didn't support the last the last ones. Yeah. And, you know, if I I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel like, in terms of like social injustices, especially against Black people, I feel a little bit more at ease about the leadership we would have going into it the next four years. Because, I mean, of course we have Kamala Harris, but I mean Biden even addressed the nation, and he even said himself about how if it were people of color doing that at the Capitol, we would not have that same result. And I feel like that's something that Trump just didn't care about. And I feel like it wasn't because, I just feel like that's part of his personality. I personally don't feel like Trump cares about Black people unless they're gung-ho for them, him. And that's just my opinion. And I'm entitled to my opinion. And I know there's a lot of people who feel that I do. There's another. I know there's a lot of people who don't. But at the end of the way, I said what I said, and he's shown on multiple levels. He doesn't care about multiple populations. Like for example, he keeps calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus. <laughs> I don't understand how much more racist you can get. If I'm being that's the reason why. And that's the reason why I laughed and chuckled because it, you, we both recognize that, like, that is so just—it's just ignorant. Like, you I can't even to, put the words together. It's 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 so ignorant. Like, you 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 continue to just sit here and call it the China virus. Like, sir, did it originate in China? That's the story we're going with. Okay, but you doing that is making it okay. For your cult to sit here and discriminate against Asian Americans and Asian descendants. Like I again, like I would just see, especially when it was getting really, really bad, everybody was just like going in after people from a of Asian descent. And I'm just like, y'all gotta chill. Like, y'all gotta chill. Like, okay, this happened. Terrible things have happened, you know, after the fact and, you know, condolences to you for the, the family members that you lost because of it. But at the end of the day, everything happens with God's will. He allowed the virus to happen. It spread. It's still spreading. And we're we're trying to find a way to fix things and adapt. But I just feel like I can't be comfortable with someone having the authority over me to like say those things and think it's cool. And then, you know, just when he had the, the strike, the when he basically assassinated that Iranian general, like 
I know a lot of people were nervous about World War Three. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we it was were, that serious. It was that serious. It's just like I don't. I I feel a lot more at ease about my everyday living and potentially my future mm-hmm. because there's not somebody who's who has the authority to do this stuff. And I just and I really just felt like when Trump realized that he was on his way out, he just decided to do a whole bunch of petty stuff to make right. it harder for Biden when he gets into office. And I'm just like, what human being does that? Like, stop being a and it, and just stop being a sore loser. It's you know, and is it was so. And you're right. It was nothing but petty. And, you know, in immaturity and this is this is not someone, you know, this is not a coach. This is not a manager of a store or a business. This is the president of the United States, a whole the, nation, a whole people. nation. And you're you're projecting this image of lies, mm-hmm. conspiracy theories and just making excuses of, you know, I, I'm the you know, OK, listen, let me this. Let me set the record straight for those out there. OK. This is not about conservative or liberal ideas. It's not about none of that stuff. This is strictly about one person who decided that themselves was more important than the lives of human beings. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that this is where we are, and this is who we want or who we elect. Now, granted, that time is over with. It's, it's, it's coming to a close. New era. But Thank you, Jesus. It is. It is. <laughs> but people... People need to understand, regardless if it's Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter any any of those things, how we can push forward and elect sensible people. Because here's the thing. I mean, let's just keep, let's just keep the record straight. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't have the cleanest track record. Now, I believe that they're pushing to fix those things mm-hmm. and kind of correct some of the mistakes that they made. And that's what I'm looking for. And... You know, to your point about when um, Joe Biden came on national TV and called on Donald Trump, you know, for for someone that hasn't even officially been in office yet mm-hmm. as a president to to go on national TV and address and do the and what we feel like is the right thing, that is just another thing within itself to show that you know, okay, yes, we understand who they are in their past, but regardless of who you are that's being presidential just in my opinion you know what i'm saying because you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because like that it it, you know it doesn't it doesn't make me leave the room or go to bed not thinking about it but at the same time that helps me kind of be more comfortable in you know just in being being safe and not feeling like i don't know what's happening next because be honest with you sis i don't know what's happening next we have nine days left we have nine days left and Mm-mm. anything can happen. So it's just, you know, we're really getting to the point where we just got to make sure that we hold these new officials accountable, mm-hmm. but also and also figure out ways how, you know, we can just be better and we will be better. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it all starts with leadership, you know, and, and I feel like mm-hmm. people... And honestly, I, I I can say, you know, I, I try not to hold it against people who voted for Trump the first time. And like I, I've seen a lot of people have converted from from his idealisms and stuff because they, they've seen that 
and again, this is my opinion. I feel like Trump has also shown his true colors. Like he has shown that he doesn't really care for the people. And I've seen so many ex-Trump supporters when they speak their case, I'm just like, you know what? You make a valid point because I mean, even with the Capitol situation, like he sat there and incited their riot. And then, and again, my opinion, I feel like he was forced to write some BS schedule, schedule uh, speech and address the situation, you know, even after Biden, you know, politely asked for him to say something about it. And he kind of just left everybody out to dry. Like I did, because even the people who are like, Bro, I'm a patriot and all this stuff. And the people who like are so proud to have stormed the Capitol, he was like, you turned your back on us. You lied. Da, 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 da. Even the stuff with like the BLM situation, you know, I just feel like when I hear them speaking on these situations, I'm just like, I really just hate that y'all spent the last four years being fooled by somebody who <laughs> manipulated you. Exactly. But, you know, I, I, I pray that everybody reaches their common sense and I'm just so thankful for the ones who have, you know, and I can just only hold out hope for the future that it just gets better and, you know, black lives will matter more and, you know, the racists, they get called out and they get their due diligence. Um, you know, I just, I just, cause I, if I had to sum up how I feel America is, I would definitely say that we are um, a divided mess. And it's just like, I really do be curious like what other countries think when they see us and they see what's going on with us on the news. Like, me bringing up TikTok again, there's a lot of people who have like, I've seen them kind of just like asking those questions. And I'm just like, I too am curious because it's just like, it's just a whole lot of clownery going on. And it's just like, we really are a joke to some of these other (laughs) nations. And it makes me feel some type of way because, and I say unfortunately, because I'm not the happiest about it, but unfortunately, this is my home. That's my home. Yep. Yep. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's, it's people, other countries, other nations, they depend on us to have the right answers, to, to, to be the, the example, to set the example of how to be a nation, you know, for and each other. And this is where we are. Again, this is where we are. So I, I like, again, the, the only thing, the only solution, I mean, cause we all can do our part, you know, in terms of bringing awareness and implementing change. But at the end of the day, regardless of what your part is, Number one, find it, mm-hmm. which is how pray pray about it. And number two is it is really up to us pushing the envelope because again, our parents and our our grandparents and, and keep going down the line, they experience the same issues and we're still here. But I believe that the world is big enough and strong enough to kind of eliminate because I'll tell you this, what we saw going back to Wednesday was the last of a dying breed mm-hmm. in a desperate attempt to kind of keep this idea of white supremacy alive because they know, because those people that think like that, and I'm going to say this, and this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I believe that 
not all Donald Trump supporters are racist. I'm just going to put it like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. But those that are extreme and those who are racist and still and still try to support the idea of white supremacy, they fear what they don't know and they hate what they can't control. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the Ooh, bottom line. That, was, they that really, was a good one right there. Yes. Oh, hey, like, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I got a whole, I got it written down right here. So listen, <laughs> <today>. <laughs> but I'm for real because they realize that that is going away and they're trying to hold on by every inch to keep that alive. The man that was carrying the Confederate flag in the state house knows everybody that was involved in an insurrection knows that it is coming to an end. It's just a matter of time, but it's unfortunately, it's not going to get, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But again, my call to action for everyone that's listening is that if you believe that there is social injustice in a div- in a division, which we both agree on, that there is a, a division that lies within the United States of America, do your part. Mm-hmm. Do your part. And it's not necessarily, you know, you don't have to get a million views. You don't have to do this. You don't have to, you know, Stacey Abrams is the queen for a reason. But you don't have to be Stacey Abrams. You just be Elena Coates. And I'll just be me. But we have the same. It's just like being on a team. It's, it, that's why. That's the reason why basketball is so beautiful. Because when you can get everybody locked in and focused on what we're trying to accomplish, you can have a lot of success. It's not guaranteed, but it definitely sets you. It definitely gives you an advantage mm-hmm. to getting to that goal and achieving that goal. You know what I mean? And like, it's just it's it's a common cliche, but cliches are true for a reason. Mm-hmm. But um. But um, now nah, this is this has been great, sis, and um, I really I really appreciate you for taking the time and you know kind of speaking to this. I really wanted you to have I I when I first started this, I really was thinking about you know what I could talk about X's and O's, I could talk about basketball, but we have a bigger issue. Oh yeah, and you are one of the people who I truly look up to and really appreciate for Aww. keep bringing awareness and keep pushing the envelope so that way we can live in a better America. So I really, really appreciate you and I love you for Aww, that. I love you too, bro. And I'm, you know, I haven't been like tweeting the the same things that I have been um, that I normally was because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out some different things to say. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to. Uh, I don't know. Switch switch it up every now and again because I definitely wanted to end the new year on the same wave that I started in the summer, you know, because it, it it really wasn't even until after the whole Jacob Blake situation and Daniel Prude, and I was just like, okay, like I said, whether I reach five hundred people, I reach five people, I reach no people, I want to say what I want to say, and I wanted to keep saying the same thing every single day. And right now I'm just right. trying to figure out the new things I want to say every single day. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm never going to be quiet about these issues. Like, as long as I'm bothered, I'm not going to just sit down and shut up about it. Right. Good. And, you know, and just, just a little bit, I'm always going to be right there supporting you because I agree and I'm right there with you because we both want to see change and change is coming. And I'm so thankful to be on with this with you. Of course. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap for this episode of That's a Good Question. Atlantic Coates, I appreciate your time. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to That's a Good Question podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me, bro. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.
thanks for tuning in to That's a Good Question podcast, which is brought to you by One Audio, the power of music. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to let your voice be heard.